All right, Brian, we were talking about uh, the creative mind today, right? We were. And we were going to talk about about uh, constraining that mind, right? Yes, which makes every creative person probably just crawl on their seat funny <laughs> right now. Yeah, <laughs> because as we're creative people too, so we don't really like to be constrained too much. But we also realize that interesting things can happen when we put constraints on ourselves. We actually become more creative. So right. let's uh, let's launch out onto the loop and discuss the constraints of creativity today on Curiosity Continuum. Hey everybody, this is Brian. And this is Josh. Thank you for joining us today on Curiosity Continuum. For those of you tuning in for the first time, Curiosity Continuum is a podcast and movement started by two lifelong friends who want to spark your curiosity, help you integrate information, and enhance your everyday contextual awareness in a constantly changing world by sharing conversations with you that explore, examine, and reframe common practical topics. And if you guys want to receive updates when new content is available, please be sure to hit the subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you can also receive the notifications when there's something new to listen to. And we appreciate everybody that listens to us, and we hope to explore conversations with you soon. And you can find us on curiositycontinuum.com and all our social media accounts. And we look forward to hearing from you. And hopefully we can talk about what talk about you <laughs> and your topic on the podcast. Okay. I'm going to call this constraints of creativity today, Josh. Okay. And because these two things actually really do go hand in hand because unconstrained creativity becomes completely sloppy. Right. Because you don't have, first of all, you don't have an end goal in mind. So everybody just says, go out and do whatever you want. Uh, a creative person just keeps seeing new things to do. It's new things to iterate on, you know, constant novelty without progress. I think about in Lord of the Rings, in Tolkien's obviously classic novel, which is known worldwide, there's a character that gets edited out of the cinematic version, and it was a character named Tom Bombadil. Now, this particular character had the power to be able to hold the Ring of One Power, which they're trying to destroy, but he didn't have the focus. Gandalf even says, like, you know, he might put it in his pocket or whatever and kind of just forget and go on and he would never understand the importance of it. So he was kind of this uh, creative, powerful figure that never had a purpose, and so it actually didn't fulfill the need of what they needed. Yeah, kind of like a foil almost. Yeah. Just, but yeah, but he didn't do anything. Right, <laughs> he know? could do it. But he, he could have. But he didn't. Yeah. The Tom was really, he didn't have the structure to be able to be judged by was it effective or not. This works in just about every area of your life. It's kind of like, what gets measured gets done. And Josh and I have had the privilege to work with really talented graphic designers and, and branding folks and creative directors for some of our stuff. Just to mention them by name, uh, one of them is Mark Ronhar, and the other one is Jeff Hilliard. These men are masterful at what they do. They're really good at what they do because we've given them pretty well-defined guidelines of what we expect and where we want to go. Right. Then it all of a sudden seems like it comes back and it's like, done and it was like that's better than i could have done ever in my that, life that's why we get professionals <laughs> that's why we, we we bring them in but 
here's the deal. If we just said like kind of do whatever, and I've, this is the interesting piece of it. When I've talked to creative directors and if they're not good at kind of talking to the, the person to really get them to focus in on what they're wanting to do, then you get into the things where people look, well, I don't know if I like that or I don't like this. And that's why they always will limit like you get, you have two rounds of how this thing works because otherwise it just drags on into development hell. Right. Well, it's kind of like a lot of things. Like if somebody says to you, look, what do you want to do today? You kind of sit around and go, well, I don't really know. Let me think about this or that. Or I got three things I got to do. I got. But if somebody says, look, do you want to do this or this? You have a choice. It's A or B. Yeah. And so I really think that when you're a creative person, you don't really know you need the constraint. You think that, oh, I can just do this and I'll be okay. But really, you may and you may not. Nine times out of ten, if you're doing a very like creative like a logo or a design or something that's very subjective. I find the more subjective it is, the really the more kind of like constraints you need to put on yourself. Correct. There was a well-performing person who was at Apple. And we've mentioned this in the previous podcast, but I'll kind of drop it back in for those who may not have listened back to the, the back archives of the podcast here. There was a gentleman who was actually working on the iTunes stuff in Apple and while Jobs is still alive. And after Jobs had passed, he had decided to go out on his own. And he said for a couple of years, you know, he was really working to try to find his rhythm. He said what he realized in that couple of years after, after the past is like, wow, when you do it all by yourself, you have to think about your health insurance, your, uh, you know, a place to work, your workspace, all the different kinds of things that a company like that provides to be able just to have you go do. He said Apple's really good at providing everything else that you need so you could just be doing your thing. But that was the cool piece about what they provided, and that's what good companies do is provide that context so people can kind of just do their thing. What, you know, some people say well that feels too constraining. But the point is is that you wouldn't know that feels constraining unless you figure out what the the boundaries are first. And it doesn't have to be constraining. It actually can be very freeing. Right. So what we're talking about is just like the basic needs of your job or your or your project. Certain like baseline things should always be covered. You know, right, Brian? Mm -hmm. So like you have a place to create, you have a place to do this, place to do that. But then you also need to put constraints on individual projects, of course, because otherwise you are going to be there all day or for multiple days. Right, Brian? Yeah. Talk about some of the, the gaming things, because I know you're close to that world where there's games, maybe even like even large uh, brands within that space. Right. And you said that some of them have just crept on and on and on, right? Yeah, there's a lot of, that happens in a lot of times um, with undisciplined groups of people and with like a producer, for example, that maybe isn't as knowledgeable or doesn't know how to constrain creatives down. Because creative people, like if you're producing, especially like a video game, there's always a something that you can do. There's always something that can make it better. There's always something that you want to do. There comes a point when you just have to wrap it up and be done with it and put a bow on it and send it off, right? Mm -hmm. And that's like, and it's like anything in real life. But I feel that because, for example, maybe a game is a digital product and you can be literally working on it up until the day you launch it now because they do these day one patches. Interesting. So it's not like it's not like the time when it was all on a cartridge and you had to like a Nintendo game and it had to launch and then it had to be perfect, right? 
Well, if it's on a CD or something and you can just download it, well, you can patch it. So people, what they do is they f- create the game and then they launch the game and then they patch it afterwards even. So even after it's launched, a lot of times you're patching product. So what I found is, and, and this is, and I know a few people that develop games and stuff like that, they get into what's called feature creep where they just keep changing stuff keep fixing stuff and if there's no one there to say no you know there's always known issues with everything but if there's no one there to say no you got to just get this done this has to be a viable product they will just keep uh developing forever because it's never totally done right it's never done until you say it's done it's never done unless you are uh, you have that end goal in mind, but see that that's where you then sometimes have the best expression of something, and it's not everything all at once. Um, the best example of that is uh, as a musician. <laughs> when I was a young musician, everybody's like, "Hey, man, let's get together and jam and play things." It's like, okay, I mean, because you want to like play your instrument, and everybody just stares at one another for the next thirty minutes, going, "Uh, you know this song, dude? Uh, no, dude. Uh, what about <laughs> this song? Uh, this right. song is cool." But if you just said 12-bar blues in A, counting it down, then it's like, okay, now we at least expressed ourselves. You might not say this was the best song ever, but at least you learned how to work together. And that's, I think, a key thing to collaboration as well, Josh, is that there's a there's a defined thing you're collaborating around. See, because I think the word collaboration comes in like, hey, we need different points of view to go do it. But oftentimes, there's not enough structure put around it for it to actually be productive. Right. So people are just saying, oh, just go collaborate. And they don't have an end product in mind or a goal. Yeah. Or even. So that's what we're, that's what we're really talking about, right, Brian? We're really talking about uh, make sure you, you have a realistic expectation upon yourself and a goal in mind, right? Yes. And don't be afraid of putting yourself in those uh, constraints. So, Josh, you were talking about, you and I have had conversations about retro gaming. And there's actually a game that we that you kind of sent me a little trailer for. It's called Micromages. And what was interesting about this game is that we have technology to do all different kinds of gaming. And there's not like a lack of, of, of horsepower to do it. These guys, gals, whoever the, the team was, they fit it on a, like the same size cartridge as Super Mario Brothers from right. 1985. And they gave themselves that, that constraint. And it's remarkable how... how resourceful you can be when you have that in there i think that's what happens too sometimes with feature films and stuff you get this huge budget and it becomes self-indulgent for the filmmakers to do things rather than tell a story yeah because they can it's like because you can do something doesn't always mean you should do something so you have to figure out you have to ask yourself certain questions like is this um you know one of them would be is this actually relevant to the project i'm working on yeah a lot of times it's cool and it looks nice, but is it, does it really matter? Right. The other thing this does too is it actually allows you to say, you know, I'm working on, for example, uh, a car, right? And let's say somebody else who doesn't understand cars and let's say they understand something else and bring in that, that kind of that, that box of tools and set, set of information to that particular thing. Now all of a sudden it's seen as innovation. Well, innovation Sometimes it's just that. It's like you have a context of a car and you're bringing in something like that. And all of a sudden it looks really kind of interesting. Or it's like a new thing just because it's, it's you're combining two things together. 
And that's the creative thing, but those two things have to be pretty well defined. At least, even if you understand right. something that there's a third thing that doesn't exist anymore that you're going to create, it's because you have understanding. And that's the contextual awareness things that Josh and I kind of just beat the drum on continuously about that, to understand those where those things came from and how they came to be. Right, because when you understand where something came from, then you have a goal in mind, you can figure out how to get there, even if you might not know all the steps in the middle. You'll be able to figure out how to get to that point. So the challenge here to constrain ourselves to a shorter little podcast <laughs> to give you guys and gals some time to just think to yourselves and go like, if I constrain myself to make dinner tonight, for example, with only five ingredients, what can I make? Maybe just a fun yeah. thing like that. And that's, and uh, I don't know if, uh, you know, but I mean, they do that all the time on TV shows. <laughs> yeah. They have all these TV shows chopped and whatever. And they're like, okay, go figure it out. But you got to only use what's in here. Mm-hmm. So that's a, that is a worthwhile exercise. Yeah. So in the meantime, go out and cook. Don't burn your kitchen down. <laughs> Maybe right. bring somebody in to collaborate with you who can, can knows do how that. to cook. <laughs> <laughs> and maybe together you guys could actually come up with something cool. Exactly. So go out and collaborate around some cooking. Until then, this is Brian. This is Josh. For Curiosity Continuum. Thank mm-hmm. you.